What is HyFlex and how does this modality work? Wait, first off, what is course design? And how do we design classes that encourage intrinsic engagement? How do you increase flexibility and honor student agency? Welcome to a Safe Topics mini-series where Sean and Curry talk about why we teach and how we teach. We are at the tail end of our HyFlex adventure here and we are a week before finals. Curry and I are actually in the HyFlex classroom, the physical classroom. We're sitting across from each other. Right. In it's, real space, not in Zooms. We've, we've been doing all of these interviews in the Zooms, all, all of these conversations in the Zooms, as we have with much of our podcast. And this is our first time doing something in person in a while. Well, yeah, m- mostly, yes. Yeah, that's kind of HyFlexy, what we're doing. Right, because we were in Zooms, <laughs> and now we're here. So we're doing one or the other, and then we could go totally asynchronous. Well, I guess that's the recording part of it. Yeah, but like you could record something, and then separately I could listen to it and record a response. That would be the asynchronous pathway to podcasting. But we're like making a like a track now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah and just layer it. I don't know if no, that, that sounds would... good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, that's where we're at. Yeah, that's where we're at. Um, In time and space. Yes. So week 16, looking at finals week. We just You just finished teaching mm-hmm. your HyFlex class. It's Tuesday. Yep. I just met with my synchronous class mm-hmm. on In Tuesday. person. Yep. So I have one more class session with them, and then we're into finals week. But you don't, right? You're asynchronous. We're once a week, so yeah, we, we're asynchronous the rest of the week, and then we'll be back together for our last HyFlex experience uh, of the semester next Tuesday. Yeah. So what's the what's the pulse check for your high flex students? What where you feel like everybody's at? I just feel like they they made it happen. It, it, they did a great job. They they rolled with the punches of tech issues and failures. They rolled with the punches of you know even Canvas, our learning management system, failed this morning. Um, oh man! So you know we live in a world of <laughs> where you got to be adaptable and flexible, and and that's kind of where we're at with it. It was really great to connect with these students um, on Zoom and in person. It was great to have uh, my wonderful embedded tutor who managed a lot of the breakout rooms. Just overall a positive experience and something that I look forward to helping faculty um, adjust to and learn as well as uh, you know, doing this better for the students that I get to teach as well. So I, I feel like we're in a good spot. It's always a, a, a busy time of the semester. It's a stressful time for a lot of people. But uh, the way that I set up my classes is usually so we have the least amount of stress at this particular cool. point in the semester. Awesome. And I feel like that has continued even though we're doing this new modality. And they're totally, you know, they're totally used to it. They they know what to do, what to expect, and yep. kind of how to how to roll with it now. Yeah. Do you do so? Was there anything um, intentional you did today for finals week, or anything intentional you did today for like class community? Like like what was the structure for today? The the focus. Yeah. So today there was a basic overview of how the finals are going to go, and yeah. it's going to be much like the midterm. They're going to take multiple choice, a multiple choice test in groups, and and they're going to do that breakout rooms as well as well, they'll all be in breakout rooms, but breakout rooms as well as the in person groups. Is this what you did for your midterm? That's what I did for the midterm. Yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah. so they're going to be doing the same thing there. Cool. And then there's a final essay, and we talked about that a little bit. But I have a video on Canvas, and once Canvas works again, they'll be able to <laughs> access that and check it out. 
Um, we did a self-assessment of participation today. So I, I have like a Google form that they kind of rate themselves and how they did in, in the, our live sessions, cool. live sessions. Yeah. And so for people that did asynchronous stuff, they could talk about contributing to the discussion boards and things like that. It's kind of all inclusive of what the interaction, student to student, student to instructor participation look like over the entire semester. Yeah. And then I did get them into groups so that they can start kind of um, designating certain group members to study certain parts of um, what, the learning material over the second half of the semester. So when we come in for the multiple choice, there's people that have, you know, responsibilities as far as certain parts of the material. You know, I've, of course, encourage them to all do their individual due diligence. But um yeah, with that that designating certain spots, uh, it, it's really helpful because you know they come in and they're like, "Oh, well, you were, you know, you you did this module, and do you have these notes there and uh, stuff like that." So that that's pretty much what we did today. Yeah, yeah, right on. So my students today, there's three of them I haven't seen for two weeks mm -hmm. that came today, and there's. Three that I haven't seen for like a month and a half, but they've been doing the asynchronous stuff in Kansas, sure, right? Sure. Kind of keeping up. Um, but it feels they like show their face right before finals. Then. Yeah, the, these. <laughs> <laughs> so, but three are still happy not to show their face. They're right. like, this is this is working for them, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I had the sense today. The, the, the last week it felt like there was a lot of heavy breaths in the room. It's like, okay, yeah. this is the, the stakes are high now. You can see the end of the road and, and mm -hmm. not totally prepared for it. Today felt a little bit more relaxed. Mm -hmm. There was a little bit more confidence in the room, uh, despite Canvas being down. Mm -hmm. um, but I think for me, and we'll get into this probably a, a little bit more detail in a minute, but like the flexibility of how I've set this class up means at this point, every morning I wake up to like, five Canvas notifications from one student for work they're turning in that was due a while ago or this other thing. Or yeah. This, you know? Yeah. And so for me, I'm just feeling like, okay, this is, this is more work than I've structured for myself before. Right. Um, so I'm feeling a little, you know, just kind of taxed, I guess. Um, ready ready to, to, to support and get in there, but... Yeah, and I mean, we're recording this in 2021, uh, December 2021, at the end of this fall semester. Right. And I feel like while in some ways we're weaning off uh, the the pandemic considerations and accommodations, yeah. we're still recognizing that they're very real yeah. and they're persistent. Right. And so I, I do understand that where it's like not the 100% allowance of, you know, February 2020, right? But it's more of like, a, okay, we're... we're there, there's still a lot of things going on, so I want to make sure that I am being fair to the students while also being fair to myself in that workload, yeah. Yeah, yeah totally, totally. But at the same time, I can see that, you know, for the, these students who are, are using that flexibility, I mean, it is to their advantage, right? They're getting that work in, and that work has been designed as stepping stones towards these larger assignments. So I think that's why on their side coming into to class this week, I'm seeing a lot more confidence and kind of that just a lighter load. Two, two other things just real quick. My, my end of the semester assignment, it's really positions them to make, like choose their topic. Mm -hmm. And strategically, like they choose something they really care about. And usually it's this updraft, right? It just picks them up because they get excited about it and can plug back into the class. So I can see that, that working the way it's always worked. 
Oh, damn it. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> there were two things. <laughs> oh, yes, the other thing. So the way we structure today's class, um, so this is the, the synchronous in the classroom class, we started off with four questions. And it, well, the first one was, go back to any draft you've written and pull out a passage that demonstrates your writing and what you're achieving as you're leaving the semester. Mm. So like a reflection on kind of toolkits that you're adding to your, your repertoire as a writer, right? That you're proud right. of. Right. Where usually like they'll read a text right. that they didn't write yeah. and, and, and identify those things, identifying that in their own writing. In their own writing, good, right? Good, good, so yeah. good stuff that, that you're excited about that you're going to use going forward. And then same with reading. So I had them go back to their reading journals and we just completed an annotated bibliography and it was the same thing, like point at something concrete that has you confident that, so say you get into a sociology class and the professor says you have a 20-page paper due at the end. Mm -hmm. Like what about your reading process can you point to that makes you think, yeah, I could do that, mm -hmm. like, right? So that was a cool conversation, right? Yeah. Um, and then the other questions we asked were just about final projects, so like excited and nervous. So that led us to a practice, <laughs> kind of like your let's prep for the final stuff. Yeah. Um, but that was a good boost. The, other, the last thing I'll share in today's class we did was I had him write a message to my next class. Mm -hmm. And so it was that kind of where are you at in the semester? What do you wish you knew entering into this class? Mm -hmm. And what advice could you give? And that facilitated some cool reflection. And, um, nice. Yeah. And that'll be really valuable to my class going forward. I guess I did something similar, a little more impromptu, a little more um, sp uh, spontaneous. But we'll, we'll, we'll share that later. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Right on. Yeah. All right, so looking back, Sean, as you know, kind of we're thinking about this high flex project you've embarked on. What's the most high flexy thing you did? It's in the title. So what the fuck is high flex? High flex is hybrid, flexible, high amount of flexibility, right? Yeah, that's that is it. And, and you know, I had a student today who usually comes in person, yeah. probably like ninety percent of the time, but she uh, zoomed in from Poland. Yeah, you know, and and it's a. She, she uh, did that, and we had students zooming in that regularly attend class in person um, in New York and, and Montana. <laughs> yeah. So it became a real, like, international yeah. and, and you know, cross-country class experience where, you know, time zones might be the, the biggest challenge, but they were able to attend live sessions and be with us in community and... And, and learn uh, from one another. So I, I really think that that is the biggest thing. People got sick. People got COVID. People had to, you know, tend to their, their family matters. All of those different things, the class kept going, yeah. right? Yeah. And with the, with the Zoom option and the asynchronous options, um, which I embraced more and more of during, during the semester. So I was flexible in yeah. that way. So, you know, it is more true to that high flex pure form than it was even at the beginning of the semester. Uh -huh. And so when students come to me and they say, I'm going to be in Montana for a week, you yeah. know, and these are my travel days or, yeah. um, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to attend this class because of a family emergency or, you know, I got a flat tire or my car wouldn't start this morning. All of these different things that would have to be kind of handled at an on an individual case by case basis, right? Yeah. Yep. Even though we see the same ones over and over, semester to semester, when right. you become an experienced teacher, Highflex blanket covered all of these things. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it was like, well, you could do the asynchronous work. Well, you can, you know, um, zoom in if that's the case. And so I, I, I really think that that was the most high flexy part of high flex is just what it's there to do and, and what the purpose of it is. 
And one thing too is like, I found that my students are really, really hungry for the social in-person interaction. Mm -hmm. You know, they were planning like Halloween parties and a Friendsgiving and, you know, I see, you know, I forgot about this, right? During the, the when the pandemic was most intense, yeah. meaning, and, and I want to be careful about what I say, because if the intensity ramps up again, maybe, maybe we right. haven't seen the most intense part, but when sure. we were totally remote, yeah. Um, I, I forgot about seeing things like friendships form in the classroom yeah, right. and, and, you know, people talking about, oh yeah, we, we decided to hang out this weekend and we did this and that. And so, you know, that reemerged and I was reminded of that crucial social aspect of, of being in a college classroom. So, you know, um, we were, we, we had like a rainy day schedule and we watched a movie and I, I broadcasted on Zoom too, uh, nice. like a week ago or two weeks ago. And, you know, students <laughs> brought in donuts and, and, yeah. and orange juice and we were all very careful and, and yeah, yeah, being yeah. respectful, but making sure that we're doing the right thing. Yeah. But it was really <laughs> nice to, to, to kind of have that again, right? Totally. Those class experiences. Yeah. So HyFlex brought us back to the social in-person dynamic while also allowing for all the things that could happen during a semester. Yeah. I want to explore this just a little bit. Um, the donuts? Yes. Okay. What kind were they? They were donuts. <laughs> I, I forgot the name of this place, but there were these fried donuts, and they were absolutely huge and delicious. Ooh. Yeah. And Any then, jelly-filled kind? Because that's fine. Like, no. No jelly-filled. No, oh. but there was maple bacon. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, and they didn't skimp on the bacon. So <laughs> I didn't have one of those because it looked like a little too intense for yeah, the morning that, time. But mm -hmm. yeah, they were aggressive donuts. Aggressive donuts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like they look back at you. Yeah. You, know, you don't just look at them. Yeah, they might eat you. Right. Yeah. yeah they're gotcha. like, we're. Yeah. It's going to be great. Understood. But you are going to experience difficulties and <laughs> yes, challenges. Exactly. Because of these donuts. Yeah. Deep breath and stretching first. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe after. And after. <laughs> so, but what I hear you saying is the, the most high flexy thing is it's not a technology. No. It's not an assignment. Mm -mm. It's not an accommodation. Nope. It's these three pathways and what they afford for individual students, but also what they afford for the community of students. That's a good point because it's, it, you know, we could say accommodation, and I think I used that word earlier, but it's really important, as you're saying, to not call it an accommodation. That's the structure of the class. Yeah. It's not, oh, you could do this instead of this um, because you can't do this. Yeah. Right? It, it, it's, you can do these three things. Yeah. And, and yeah, that, that's an important um, thing to say because I think just as, you know, getting used to online classes or getting used to any kind of new modality or, or teaching style or anything, you know, you tend to think it's like you're swapping out this for that. Right. And that's not really what it is. It's like when you come into this, you have options. Yeah. And, and it, it is choose your own adventure. Yeah. And, and none of the adventures take precedent or, or are more important, impactful, significant than the other. Yeah. The other two. Right. It's really interesting, and, and we'll get into this later, but so what that suggests is a student looking at this class, and let's assume a student fully understanding what it is. Yes. It's these three pathways. To me, that suggests a student who's choosing to interact with all three pathways. In other words, in other words right? I don't imagine a student looking at this class and going, I only want an asynchronous experience, and so I'm going to choose this high-flex class. Right. There's asynchronous classes. For we that. have asynchronous classes. For yeah. That, right? 
And then same for a student who only wants an in-person class. Again, if they fully understand what this is, because we have a person off in-person offerings. Right. So that opens up what is the experience across these pathways, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I love that you mention, okay, certain, certain pathways afford things like relationships blooming. Yeah. Right? Other pathways afford trips that need to be taken, right? Mm-hmm. Other pathways afford a week where work ramps up for me and I need to be prioritizing my schedule at work rather than sociology for that week, right? Yep. But that can all be inside of one semester. Yeah. And, and I think about our community because, you know, Oceanside, California is obviously a, a very big uh, military community. That's right. Lots of movement, lots of, you know, things changing. And I've had students have to drop classes because they've yeah, had to make a sudden move. This semester. Yep. Yeah. With High Flex, it's like you, you could finish the semester, yeah. you know, and you don't, you don't have to be here in person. You could zoom in. You can do the asynchronous stuff. Where that was only allowable in one pathway, really, right? Yeah. And that's the asynchronous yeah. pathway. You know, with, with scheduled Zoom classes, we, we can do that as well. But I think that this, this allows someone to do, you know, some stuff in the field, right? Like when they have their field training and they can do some asynchronous work, maybe they come back at the end of the semester. We can welcome them back, right? We can yeah. be part of that welcome back uh, party when, when they return to Oceanside and then return to the physical classroom. So, you know, it's stuff like that that I feel like makes this such a buzzword right now. I think it's the biggest buzzword of fall 2021 yeah. is, is high flex. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm just glad we can have these conversations to, you know, further figure out what the fuck it is. Right. Exactly. Well, and so in my mind right now, I'm thinking, okay, we need to, we, we probably should get into like the equity issue of a student who signs up for high flex, doesn't have access to Wi-Fi technology devices, but then suddenly is in a position where, we should talk about that. We should also talk about the responsibility of the institution. If, if, if a student assumes when they come to your physical classroom they have a desk and a chair, mm-hmm. shouldn't they also assume when they're not in your physical classroom they have a screen and a keyboard that mm-hmm. the university supplies, right? Mm-hmm. We could get into all that stuff, but this is a podcast about you and I teaching. Yeah, so yeah. I just want to acknowledge those issues, but right. I kind of also want to like, let's, let's do a Safe Topics podcast in the spring where we, we just talk about that, right, kind of equity, institutional responsibility. I think where I want to really focus this conversation is on classroom experiences, our pedagogies, our practices. So given those three pathways, how things went this semester, is there any challenge that's out, standing out in your mind that you're like, next semester, this is the thing that I really got to lock in? <clears throat> or not next semester because you're on sabbatical, but the next mm-hmm. time you teach this. So, well, let me let me go to a global thing like you did first yeah, before go, going yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. What what this really high flex is is making me aware of, and and when you look at the enrollment numbers and the preference for students, you know the preference is obviously taking online classes, and high flex still allows us to have the in person experience as yeah. well as the online experience. Obviously, right? I, I really. Th- uh, Am, am considering now, and, and this is really something I'm thinking about a lot, is a reimagining of the physical campus, right? Yeah. Like, what is it here for? Right. It used to be here for primarily yeah, taking right. classes. Yeah. 
I think that can shift. Yeah. Right. And, and online could be the space where we primarily take classes. Interesting. Maybe. Yeah. And, and and then this is for the high flex. This is for the continued proliferation. And I don't want to use that. This usually has a negative connotation, but the continued growth of student services, the yeah. t- continued growth of, you know, other social uh, issues being addressed through um, student services and and the the more caring campus that that we are developing. Right. And that happens on the physical space as well as online, but like kind of like a switch. Sure. Whereas, you know, a lot of uh, those those things are mostly what we do on the physical campus and instruction is happening everywhere. Yeah. So uh, back to your question, which was what? <laughs> so that's so funny because um, there's like five things I want to say in response uh, right. to what you just said. But <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it there for you. Let's just leave it there. We'll come back to it another thing. Um, so a challenge in your mind again, I think the, the the practice, the pedagogy level. You attempted to do something, it didn't work, or just I know the technology in your room is still super limited, mm-hmm. and there's audio issues that you've been de- dealing with all semester long. I mean, instructor it, resistance. Instructor resistance. That's what I think. I think people not wanting to balance all of these different things and not wanting to do all of these for good reason. I, I think it is a workload issue. I think it's um, a working conditions issue. You know, the, so those are things that need to be figured out by people who are responsible for that. And that's not me. Yeah. But I am responsible for helping faculty learn this modality and and have opportunities to professionally grow in these ways. Yeah. And I'm certainly going to do that. And I, I think that that's really important. But I, I mean, I, I feel like um, it's not even to blame instructors. I think it's just like change is hard. Yeah. And, and so I remember going all online. There were people that didn't want to do that. And then there were, we're going to go back in person. And the same people that didn't want to go online, they don't want to come back. And like, so there's always kind of a, yeah. you know, once we have adapted to the new reality, adapting to the new, new reality, you know, there's going to be resistance and, and there's going to be opposition to that. And, you know, maybe people don't feel like it's their responsibility to balance Zoom asynchronous. That sounds like three classes, right? Right. right. And, and if you're not going to pay me for three classes, if, if I'm not going to have the support, embedded tutors and, and technological support that's needed to make that happen, or maybe like... Maybe folks just don't feel like that is uh, the best way, uh, the best modality for their teaching style. I mean, I hear that a lot with online. I hear that a lot in, you know, these other ways of doing things. So I I think it's instructor resistance is is the hardest part. And, you know, being told that this is what it looks like can feel really daunting. And again, that's not to blame instructors. I, I, I I, I think the challenge is less on the students, though, because they'll, they'll, they'll adapt within the 16 weeks. And, and, you know, I think that they appreciate the options. Yeah. But then the options have to be facilitated by someone. And that's a lot of work. That's right. That's right. Uh-huh. OK, I'll follow you. I've been trying to pull you into your classroom and you keep going high level. But we'll just go. Okay. <laughs> so ultimately, I think for me, HyFlex is offering us all more tools. Yes. Right. And to do the things that, that all of us, right, like to, to meet with students on an individual level, build relationships with them, encourage them, give them confidence and certainty, and then just sort of see them get out into those limited liminal spaces and make decisions. Right. And they, they kind of realize, oh, I need more of this. So they go back and study or they succeed out there. Right. They, they write the essay or they do well in the experiment, whatever it sure. is. 
So HyFlex is just more tools in our toolkits to do those things. Yeah. I want to share a specific example. Um, this semester in my synchronous on-site class, which is flipped, so I used an asynchronous curriculum to do this thing, my one African-American student, um, um, a woman from San Diego, uh, was attending class every week, uh, uh, every, every class period, first couple of weeks, meeting people, into the activities, um, but then started missing, a, like missed one day a week and then started missing a whole week. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty sure it was like two, three weeks wasn't, wasn't coming. Right. Um, I kept messaging her in pronto, mm-hmm. emailing her, not getting any response. So um, finally she came back. This was like mid-semester. Um, and so got to kind of connect with her. She wasn't doing any of the Canvas work, right? So all the, all the work, right, is we meet in class, but we're doing work that's in Canvas already. So yeah. she could, some of my students, that's kind of what they've been doing all semester long, but she wasn't doing that. So she came back mid-semester and got to connect. I'm like, you know, I just, wanna, just want you to know, like, there's no such thing as, like, a deadline that's too far back that you can't c- submit work. Like, any work you've completed, I want to give you credit for that work. Um, and here's kind of the assignments we're working on now. How do you feel about this stuff? What are your goals? Where, where do you want to get? Right. And she's like, you know, the reality is, is um, I live all the way down in San Diego. Um, it's really hard for me to drive up here. Mm. Um, I didn't want to take a Zoom class and mm. I didn't want to take an asynchronous class. I wanted to take an in-person class. I just didn't realize it wasn't going to fit. Right. So just practically, it wasn't going to work for her to drive all the way up here for whatever reason. And I'm like, oh, OK, that's cool. Um, you're in the class though, so you can do this work on Canvas. It's all here. Like you could, and she's like, I don't want to do it that way. Like I don't want to do the work on my own kind of see people yeah, stuff in Google. Yeah. I, I want to be in a classroom. I'm like, okay, okay. I, at that point, I like had nothing else to offer her. But in the back of my head, I'm like, but if we did have a camera in here and we had the microphones in here and I could simulcast the class. Yeah. She didn't want a Zoom class, but... I think having been there for the first couple of weeks and she knew people and when she showed up there like, Hey, you know, yeah, and like yeah. she's back in it. Had I had a zoom offering for her, mm-hmm. I just wonder what would have changed. You know, it's a tool I didn't have to offer this semester. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, to be more specific about the, the challenges in, in my teaching, I think it's just sitting down to prepare, taking the time to really prepare activities that are more most conducive to this. Now, having done this for a semester, I have a better understanding of what will work. And what will work is anything, yeah. really. It's just the the time it takes to kind of figure out how does that anything work in this modality, right? Right. And, and providing those three pathways, which doesn't take a, a lot of time, honestly. I mean, if you're building out a whole class, certainly, but if you're yeah. thinking of one activity. Yeah. But, you know, as professionals and as people in this modern world, it's hard to find the time to do that. Right. And, and I think that's one of them. And another challenge is names. You know, like I, I've... When I had in-person classes, it was like I, I had them quiz me in the second week of like what all their names are. Yeah. I, I don't know some of my students' names. And right. I'm not proud of that. Like yeah. I know it because of like the grading and like – but I can't match the face to a name even in my HyFlex class 100%. And so that to me is another issue that I would like to continue working on and, and figure out how to do that because I was so – Consumed with figuring out high flex, right. that, that I kind of my some of my fundamentals were not where they should be, and maybe you know that that's something 
that now that I have some things in the bank of like, and, and I know some of the troubleshooting things that I can go to a little quicker, then I can carve out some time for that. Totally. Yeah. So wrapping up this conversation, we, we want to record one more episode with your students. Yep. To get some kind of their responses. And the embedded tutor, yeah. Yeah, and the embedded <laughs> tutor. So we'll record that next week. Um, so wrapping up this conversation, if you, I mean, we've been talking about what HyFlex is, but is there any final thoughts about kind of maybe what HyFlex should be? What, like, or, or, or maybe the goal of HyFlex as you're seeing it right now? I think the, the continuing to demystify it and just making sure that instructors and students have a clear understanding of what this modality is, yeah. what, what the potential is for it. Um, but then knowing that it's always going to be like, just classes are different, man. Yeah. You know, like you, you could take, I could take the same exact English 100 with you fall this semester and in person, 100% in person. And I could take the same class with you next semester and it's going to have a different feel. Yeah. It's going to be a different vibe. There's going to be, you know, things that, uh, unforeseen challenges. Like, so just know that, you know, when you're trying something new, like when we're all forced online, I understand that trying something new and not doing well at it and then feeling bummed out and also a little okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you know, who saw all this coming? Right. But if you try this out and it doesn't go well, you know, I would take it back to the first time you tried any kind of teaching. Sure. It's, it might not go well. Right. And if it goes really great, just don't give up on it when the second semester sucks. Sure, right? sure, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's kind of like the same thing. And, and I hope that that's what people will get out of this is that developing these classes, executing these classes, debriefing on these experiences are not too far off from what we already practice as teachers every time we um, facilitate a class. The difference here is we get, we get a new way to explore our craft. Yeah. And that should be exciting. That should be fun. That should be challenging. That should be infuriating. <laughs> that should be all of these things. Yeah. And it was. Yeah. And it is. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm fucking tired. Yeah, I know. I'm ready for sabbatical. <laughs> you know, like I, every day I wake up, I feel a little more tired than the last. So yeah. I think that that's a, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's perfect time to take a, take a four-month hiatus and come back and Maybe I'll be singing the praises of High Flex, or maybe I'll be like, fuck this. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, well, I love that, Sean, because I hear you saying that High Flex is an attitude. Mm -hmm. It's, mm -hmm. And I, what I hear from that, what I take away from that is maybe that's an attitude that causes me to reach out and grab all three of these pathways at once, and that's how I go about High Flex. Yeah. Maybe high flex is the attitude where I just focus on my on-site pedagogy and practice, but I think more about how to create flexibility mm -hmm. in things like deadlines or, or what topics students can choose. And I think about hybridity in terms of how much of this <laughs> physical stuff can also be equivalently accessed online somewhere. I'll just think that way. It's, it's not a multi-pathway class. It's an on-site traditional class I've always taught, but where can I increase flexibility? Where can I increase hybridity? 
Right. Maybe that's the start, right? I mean, do, do you, does that fit? Am I stretching things for you? No, I think that that's strong because, you know, it's kind of like making um, other kinds of accommodations for our classes. Maybe we have this really cool assignment, but we know it may not be accessible to everyone. Yeah. Right? So you, you create ways of getting that same or similar experience, yeah. but in a different way. Right. And, and you have that in, in the case, or in case you um, have a student who can't access it the way that most people will be able to. Yeah. And so it's the same thing, yeah. right? Like, it's kind of like, I have that ready, and that's good. Yeah. Um, but if most people are just going to do it the way that this is, then that's good too. Right, right, right. And, and so I, I think when we think about it that way, um, it, it, it's just developing more options uh, a la UDL, right? Yeah, Universal exactly. Design for Learning. Exactly. Um, for, for our students in our classes. Yeah, so it's just doing what we do, but making sure that we're covering more bases. Yeah, and, and I think it's important what you said earlier about this being structural. It's being designed in. It's, yes. it's different than the accommodation in the sense right. that my syllabus says no late work, but I'm of course going to allow for late work when it needs. Sure. The difference is my syllabus says flexibility, Right, whatever that means around work. Right? Your syllabus doesn't say no late work, does no, it? No, it doesn't say okay. that. Okay. No, it used to say that. But. I think all of ours used to say that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mine <laughs> used to say that. And I was like, half credit if you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah if you yeah, jump yeah. through these hoops, yeah. maybe I'll recognize that you learned something. Right. So, but some of us, <laughs> some of us might still be there. And I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to argue is high flex could mean not just thinking about flexibility, not just thinking about hybridity, but thinking about both of those things as structural elements of this next class you're gonna teach. Yes, yes. That's yes in person, that's yes on Zoom, that's yeah. yes online. Sure, Yes. And, and maybe the end of that pathway leads you to a multi-pathway course, but maybe it's still the same course just with cooler shit online and m more UDL, whatever. Until we unplug from the matrix. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. All right. That's a good So, one. yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll end off by like, what the fuck is high flex? So I had students answer that question today. Yeah. Um, my students in my class, I, they were in their groups and they, they emailed me their description of high flex. And I told them to describe it as they would describe it to another student who was signed up for a high flex class. And uh, so I think they might have done a better job than what we would provide, but cool. let's see. Yeah. So the first group said, okay, the high flex class is a great way to take a course and is flexible with what life throws at you. Okay. It allows you to get a great experience with the people in person and the ability to talk to people who are online in Zoom. With Zoom, you're able to see what's going on in the classroom in real time and you could talk chat to the other the other folks in Zoom. It is a great option if you travel a lot. Uh, another group said, HyFlex is a way of teaching a course that involves both Zoom and traditional in-person instruction. It attempts to bridge the gap between online and in-person learning with both groups of students particip participating equally in class. Oh, thank goodness they said that. That's, that's what I was trying to accomplish there. Okay, third group here, describing the HyFlex environment is quite simple. One can either choose to listen to the teacher in class over Zoom. I like how you choose to listen to the teacher. Yes. Um, or, or attend class physically in person. Neither is more, is more prefer, a preferred method than the other. 
I would choose in person just because the human interaction is underappreciated and overlooked oftentimes, especially during COVID, being stripped of seeing fresh faces every day. I never attended a Zoom session um, for this class and finished with a decent grade and was stable to maintain focus um, or able to maintain focus, I think this will say. Got it. Um, if that's a possible concern, I appreciate your teaching style and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so it's nice things about me there. there but, and then finally, the last group here shared pros. <laughs> if, you, if you're sick or out of town, you'll still be able to attend class. Uh-huh. All right, able to attend in person when you can, and it offers a better experience, which is more interactive. Cons. When given a choice to attend or work from home, there tends to be less attendance in person, mm. and that makes uh, the class a little less interactive. Mm. Uh, the same 10 to 15 people would come into class each week, leaving the class size very small and a, and a larger number on Zoom, which I think happened later in the semester, which was kind of what I predicted, but yeah. it did come. It did turn out that way. Got it. Um, I think there was a lot more illnesses flying around here I, in the later, as we get into winter, you know? Yes. Uh, and then finally, they said, harder to understand and communicate on Zoom compared to in-person breakout rooms are hard to navigate and difficult to ensure participation from all group members. Yeah. Always the challenges in Zoom, right? Yes, exactly. So, yeah, I, I, I like that they, you know, um, gave a very realistic kind of description of what this is you know there was some optimism in it and then also some challenges that are clearly identifiable there but overall i i appreciate this modality and it's something that i will look forward to improving um in in facilitating in the future yeah and if we get to chat with your students next week then we can follow up on all that stuff Oh, yeah. That's going to be good. We can quote it. What do you mean here? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. All right, Sean. All right. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, Curry. This Safe Topics miniseries is produced and edited by Kelly Barnett, who also created the theme music. James Garcia handles our social media and outreach. Follow us on Instagram at safetopics underscore podcasts. Please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.